everyone, and welcome to the Wine Shop Talk. I'm your host, Somalia Aaron Rosar, and I'm so happy that you're here with me today. If we haven't met before, it's lovely to have you here, and if we have, welcome back. Now, for those of you who are new, you should know that I have been a professional sommelier for almost 20 years now, and it is my passion and my privilege to not only make learning about fun and easy for you, but also practical. And what does that mean? That means that I want you to feel empowered and confident when making wine decisions and choices, not only for fancy events, but for everyday dining and when you're creating memories for family and friends, which nicely leads me into the topic of today's episode, which is a list of wines to try for this August. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this a little bit later, I'm recording this just as we're about to go into August of 2022. And summer is in full swing. We are definitely hot days. And maybe you found yourself in a bit of a wine rut. So what I've done is I'm going to give you a list of four wine styles with some pairings to try during August and one extra pairing as well. So if you are interested in an August wine challenge, I hope to give you some wine styles that maybe you haven't tried before and of course some food pairings of how to create magical pairings at the table. So if you're ready, let's dive into today's episode where I'm going to be sharing my list of wines to try and pairings for the month of August. Let's get started. Okay, now I know we can all get caught in a wine rut, so what I thought would be really fun is for August, I'm gonna give you some wines to try that maybe are outside of the box, but I'm gonna to talk to you about why they're in a profile of wines that you probably already are enjoying. So I'm hoping to inspire you to go into an area of the wine store that maybe you haven't tried before or some great varieties that you would have never known what the palette was gonna be like. So I wanna help expand your palette, but also build that confidence. So when you're in the store, whether you're shopping online, you're like, I know what this is and I really wanna try this and I know how to pair it with some foods. So that's the goal of today's episode and at the end I'm gonna share with you a extra one, a bonus one if you will, that I really love and I think you're gonna find it a lot of fun. So stay tuned to the end where I have a bonus pairing for you. It's not a wine but I think you're really gonna enjoy it and it's perfect for the warm days of August. Let me break down what I'm gonna be sharing with you. I'm gonna be giving you four wines so the four wines on your list, and if you're watching on YouTube, you're gonna be able to see the list of the wines beside me. If you're listening in the audio form and podcast, then they will also be in the show description. So let's get started with wine number one of the wine challenge for August. And this one's a Spanish rosé. Now I'm not gonna be super picky here. I just want you to go into the Spanish aisle and select a rosé from Spain. Now, why Spain? Because you're probably already drinking some rosé mainly from France, mainly from Italy, other areas of the world, but Spain is maybe an area that you haven't looked for rosé before. And so here in Spain, we're going to have different grape varieties used to make some of those rosés. We're gonna have maybe some from Tempranillo, from Grenache, much like the south of France. But this is just about trying a different rosé. If you've listened to me before, you know that I am a big fan of rosé. You're gonna find them super food friendly Again, the trick of how to know if it is a dry rosé or a sweet rosé is going to be the alcohol amount. So you're going to want to pick the bottle up and turn it around. And if it's 11% or higher, so 11, 12, 13% is a dry rosé. That doesn't mean it's not going to have beautiful aromatics of fresh berries and ripe red fruits. It just means it's going to be refreshing on the palate. There's no residual sugar on the backside 
of that wine. So the yeast have eaten all the sugar, so we're looking for a dry Spanish rosé. Now, what are you going to have with it? This is fantastic with cold summer meals, if you will, especially if it's hot and you just don't feel like cooking. So maybe you're ordering in some sushi or you've picked it up on the way home. Dry Spanish rosé can be a delicious pairing with sushi. Also, if you're doing some tuna steaks or tuna tartare or steak tartare can be so delicious this way or just some nice carpaccio and chilled meats, some olives, some antipasto. So this, the rosé is going to be beautiful there. And of course, if you're just putting out some tapas, so a mix of different appetizers, some olives, some nuts, it's just too hot to worry about a formal dinner, some salads, fresh vegetables. The Spanish rosé is perfect to enjoy here. And again, you want to chill it. And with rosés and, and whites in general in the summer, we can chill them a little bit cooler than we normally will because they're going to warm up quickly on the patio or on the porch, if you will. So when you are chilling the rosé, you definitely want to make sure that it feels cool to touch. Make sure you have a little bit of ice or put it back into the fridge or have a chiller sleeve or something to keep that bottle cold for you. But the colder it is, the more refreshing it's going to be. So in and out, make sure that it's not warming up too quickly, but we can chill it a little bit cooler than we normally would, especially if we're having it outside and it's really warm. Now, as a side note reminder, the reason we don't chill wines below four degrees Celsius or about 40 degrees Fahrenheit is because what happens is they actually lose their ability to release their aromatics to us. So we don't want to take them much colder than that when we're chilling wines. They also tighten up on the palate, so you don't get to experience all of their flavors. But again, when it's chilled in the summertime, we can chill it to that edge of where we can experience all of its nuances of flavors and aromatics because it will warm up quickly. But just a note that if you do chill it and it's really, really cold, when you first pour it in the glass, the nose might seem a little bit closed, we will say, in that it's not going to be very expressive. But watch as it warms up as the flavors and aromatics are going to lift out of the glass and definitely delight your nose and your palate. So wine number one to try is Take a walk over to the Spanish Isle and you're going to pick out a Spanish rosé. And you might be surprised at the colors. You're going to see some that are a deeper, sort of deeper red or plum color, some just a soft hint of pink. So you're going to have a wide spectrum to choose from. So, so make sure to pick one that looks like it's going to be beautiful on the table and is calling your name. Wine number two on my list for you is a white wine. And if you love Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Gris, you want that crisp, refreshing hints of lime and lemon, then this is a great variety. You're definitely going to want to put on your list. You're going to find it very economical and this is a white wine from Portugal and the grape variety you're going to be trying here is Alberino and you're going to see Alberino on the label. This comes from northern Portugal so up by green Spain into Portugal so we're up in the top here and those cool temperatures help to keep the acidity that mouth-watering sensation alive in the bottle and it's going to be crisp hints of lemon hints of lime some people may say a little bit of grapefruit green apple so granny smith apple and this is delicious with fish tacos peel and eat shrimp with lemon just some nice grilled fish grilled seafood if you are doing vegetarian dishes so fresh salads with an oil and vinegar with a lemon dressing so anything where you're going to pull some of those 
bright citrus flavors like lemons, limes, and grapefruit, this wine is gonna be delicious. It is lighter on the palate, so you wanna watch the dishes aren't too overpowering for it, but if you just want that beautiful, crisp, white Alberino is definitely gonna fit the bill. You may be surprised in regards to the price point because it's very economical. Don't let the economical price point scare you. It's a delicious wine inside that bottle, and what I hope by suggesting it on this list is that hopefully it's gonna introduce you to a new delicious white wine that is going to become a new favorite. So the white wine is going to be Albrino. So look in the Portuguese aisle for that wine. Now let's move on to reds. I have two reds here for you. The first one is going to be from Chile and the grape variety is Carmenere. Now Carmenere is a French grape. It actually is from Bordeaux and it's one of the five main blending grapes we use when we make the big red wines of Bordeaux. But when it came to Chile and when we do it as a single variety, it is a delicious red. And the name Carmenere comes from the base of Carmen, like crimson. So it gives you a hint that it was named after the color and you're gonna have this beautiful deep crimson, this deep ruby velvet-like color in the glass. So if you're looking for a red wine teeth staining, don't wear your favorite white sundress potentially around this wine, but this is a beautiful color in the glass. What's wonderful about Carmenere, especially in the season where we're grilling a lot, is it tends to have some smokiness and some spice. You have some black pepper, you can have blackberries, blueberries, more of those blue dark fruits that come through. I always get a little bit of black wine gum flavor. It's almost a little bit candied and I love that about it. Even on the nose, it comes through. You can get a little bit of vegetable leafiness like a tomato leaf or a uh, green pepper flavor depending on the ripeness level as well and where it was grown but Carmenere brings a whole bunch of wonderful flavors to the table and while it's a blending grape in Bordeaux we do more of it as a single variety in Chile and it is wonderful now there was a time in history where Carmenere was actually mixed up of thinking that it was Merlot but it was actually Carmenere and so in Chile there was a time period where they weren't sure what to call it they just knew it wasn't Merlot so it was was called Merlot Merlot, like Merlot times two, because they knew it was different, but it had been intermixed and planted. So some Merlots from Chile during a time period were actually a field blend of both grapes. So interesting fact there, but what you're looking for is a single variety Carmenere, and you're gonna pair this with anything grilled, whether that's grilled chicken or grilled beef, grilled mushrooms, and especially maybe grilled pork with some bacon on the outside, because you can get a bit of a bacon flavor through, but this is a wonderful grape variety to know about for any grilled dishes and easy sipping, but it's going to be a medium body, so it's not too heavy in weight, but beautiful color, fantastic arom aromatics, and a wonderful, wonderful medium bodied red to have on your list. It's also really wonderful with game meat. So if you are doing some duck or venison, something that has a more earthy component to it and flavors, this can be a beautiful wine to pair with it. And if you're doing anything like a blueberry or blackberry coulis on top, like a sauce on top of the meat, this is gonna really pull those berry flavors out of the wine and it's a wonderful choice to try. So if you have not tried Carmenere before, as a single variety. This is definitely a wonderful month during summer where we're doing lots of grilled outside dishes to enjoy it and try it. 
Now, wine number four is our big, bold red. And for here, we're going to Greece. And so this is a grape called Xenomavro. And so Xenomavro is spelled with an X. This is if you like Cabernet and Melbeck and you love those big, bold reds, then Xenomavro is definitely a grape variety that if you haven't tried before, you're definitely gonna wanna put on your list. Again, this is not a wine style to wear your favorite white cashmere sweater around. The color in this is intense. It's going to be almost opaque in the glass. It's big and bold. It has tons of personality to share with you. What's wonderful about in regards to the flavors is you're kind of kind of get the best of all worlds. You're going to get some Cabernet notes. You're going to get some Melbeck notes. So you're going to get blackberries, blueberries, raspberries, dark cherries, plums. So you're going to get those really strong fruit flavors. But what you're also going to get is some Christmas cake, maybe some dates and some fig, some black olives, some leafiness, maybe some herbs like dried basil and thyme thrown in. Some people will say they almost get a nuttiness off of it, like um, ground almonds if they are toasted almonds. Some people will also get their balsamic vinegar, maybe a note, sort of that sweet sour tang will come off of it. Some smoke spice. This wine has so many layers. If you want to sit and get to know a wine and slowly let it open up to you. This is definitely a wine that every time you put your nose in that glass or take a sip, you're going to uncover another layer and another flavor. Now, warning here in that, like I said, this is a big wine. The tannins are going to be there. So if you are more of a medium bodied red, well, Zeno Maverick can be very smooth. Think of it like rich, dark velvet. This wine is going to come with a full-bodied mouth. While the tannins can be very smooth, they're going to be very structured. My experience with Zeno Maverick is that the tannins are not chewy in that I feel like I need to sort of really chew my way through the wine. They are going to be pronounced though, but they are with the fruit of the wine. They are very balanced with the fruit strength of the wine. So I really enjoy this, but it is going to be a fuller, big wine style. So if you're not cooking, dinner, then you're going to want to have some cold steak on crostini, for example. If you're going to do some rack of lamb and do a classic sort of lamb on the barbecue with just rosemary and some lemon on top of it and really embrace that Greek dish, it'll be fantastic. But some cold steak on crostinis, be delicious, steak salads. You are going to want to have slow cooked meat, short ribs, anything that way. You could do portobello mushrooms, but if you're going to stuff them potentially with herbs and breads if you're doing more of a vegetarian dish. But this wine is big, older cheese styles you can definitely do here. And of course, you could always do a bit of dessert with some dark chocolate and just a little piece of dark chocolate in this wine. It's gonna be wonderful. Some people also say they've got a bit of pipe tobacco off of this as well. So it can be a wine that can just sort of linger through after dinner as well, and it is delicious. So those are the four wines that I have for you in regards to wines to try this August. So let's recap before I give you the bonus pairing that I'm going to give for you. So we have a Spanish rosé, your choice, but it's going to be delicious. And here's a great pairing for sushi, easy dinners, uh, tuna tartare, tuna steaks, steak tartare, really lovely, but pick your favorite Spanish wine that way. 
Then the next one we have is Alberino from Spain. You're going to have a beautiful wine style here, similar to the profile of Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Grigio, that crisp, refreshing wine style with hints of lemon and lime and a touch of grapefruit coming through. So anywhere you have that fish tacos, grilled fish, anything with a squeeze of lemon on top, it's going to be perfect. Then you're going to go to Chile. We have Carmenere. I think you're going to love this wine. You can have it with so many different things. It's also just good, easy sipping red. Great. You can chill it just slightly as well. If it's really, really a hot evening, just put a slight chill on it and it will warm up in the glass. But this is a beautiful medium bodied red that can go with so many dishes for you. And then my big bold red for you is in the Greek Isle. And this is, you know, Mavro. And this is going to be an alternative for you from potentially Cabernet, Shiraz, or Malbec. So I hope you enjoy all of those. Now, my bonus pairing for you that is just so fun is I'm going to leave the wine aisle and we're going to go over to cider. And maybe and some people might be going cider. No, I'm not doing cider. But trust me here. And here's where it's so fun. Maybe you've done beer can chicken on the barbecue, but I highly recommend you try dry cider and do beer can chicken with a cider. Do the cider can inside that chicken and there's all kinds of different contraptions that you can do this on. Do it on the barbecue so you had a grilled chicken with that cider flavor, the apple coming through and then serve that with a dry cider, not sweet, but a dry cider on the side with a salad, maybe some roasted vegetables, it's so delicious. But if you're just looking for a different dinner, you know, we're kind of in that stage of summer where you have your, your favorites of what to do. So I, so I highly recommend if you haven't had cider cooked chicken before, you're really going to enjoy it. That apple flavor comes through. You're going to get that nice moist chicken by doing it. And a glass of dry cider on the side can be really refreshing and a little bit effervescence. A bubble is always fantastic. So that is bonus pairing, if you will. So we have four wines to try and one cider to try. And that is my August wine challenge for you. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. It's been lots of fun. I hope that you will take this challenge and try these different wines. I would love to hear if you have a favorite, if some of these wine styles are new or if all of them are new, how you find they fit into. Ideally, I hope I've inspired you to find a new favorite wine that will go on your list. And I hope the cider is going to be unique as well. If you haven't had a chance yet to do your palate personality profile, you're going to find that on my website. Just go to winegirlacademy.com and you'll see take the quiz. And this is going to be eight quick questions that I've put together. I've been using with students and clients for years now, and that's going to identify you as one of three main palette personalities. And you're going to get a whole list of wine styles to try and words to use when you're shopping to make sure that you get wines that you're going to enjoy. So if you want to learn more about your own palette personality, there's a quiz there that's super easy and fun for you to do. So I want to thank you for hanging out with me this week. I hope you're going to have fun with the August wine challenge. Try four new grape varieties and try these four different wine styles and the cider if you can. I would love to hear what you think about it. If you're watching on YouTube, put your comments below. If you're listening to the podcast, you definitely visit me on any social media channel, Wine Girl Academy, or feel free to email me at hello at winegirlacademy.com. And I would love to hear your thoughts. And if you have a new favorite, I would love to hear about that as well. As always, be sure to like, share, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. They come out every Tuesday. Thank you for spending time with me. I want to wish you a wonderful week. Cheers, everybody. Bye now.